Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. I'm Colin Bradley. Welcome to episode two. Got through episode one, didn't we? We did uh, very well, and we and uh, we had some good comments, Steve. As had well. some great, great feedback, yeah, haven't we? Yeah. So thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. This week we've got some stories from Colin, and we've got some listeners' questions that we want to go through, and a few of updates for you as well. So let's take it away. Let's start every podcast with a story, Dad. Right. Let's start with a story. All right. <laughs> Last week, we found out how you got into pastel pencils, yeah. how you come across that art medium, Yeah. the history about that. Right. So this week, I want to go back a bit further. Uh-huh. Let's go back further. Let's go back to how it all began. Right. So right back. Where, where did it all start for you? Right. Well, uh, all kids love drawing, and I was no exception. But when I got to senior school, I was a bit more keen, you know. I used Mm. to really enjoy the art lessons. And I remember one day I did this lovely picture, I thought, of a firework display. I did all the little characters in the front Mm. uh, with a bonfire and fireworks going on back. I remember it was on black paper, so it was quite impressive, as you can imagine. Have you still got it? bright colours. Oh, no, no, no. no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What a shame. But... The um, but the art teacher came round and he was one of these uh, very modern art teachers, you know, modern art, you know, abstract art mm. rather than sort of realistic art mm. that I like. Mm. And uh, I've never really, I'm, I still don't like the abstract art. But he was one of these. Uh, uh, it was the early fifties, and it was there was a movement then to go into that kind of art. If you wanted to go to art school, you have to do that kind of art, well, abstract art. Oh yes, not, not none of this, uh, you know, mm. chocolate box stuff. You know, which is sort of realism. Yeah. Anyway, he came round and he slated it. He said um, he he really put me down. He, he gave me the impression I'd never be any good at art. You know, mm. and I was very very upset. Consequently, I it. it the thought of ever being an artist or doing anything with art um, mm. went out the window. Uh, a friend of mine, very good friend of mine, still very friendly with him, um, he was very much more the abstract kind of person mm. and he went on to art school. Really? Well, in the same sort of class, same he class in, as you? Same class but as me, he yeah. did abstract. And he went to art school. Really? Anyway, uh, that's that's uh, besides the point, really. But it just shows you, doesn't it? Um, and, and from then onwards, really, it wasn't until I was uh, was working as a salesman in a menswear shop uh, when I first uh, left school as an apprentice, and then I went on to be a salesman, and then finally a manager. But during the salesman bit, friends of ours, friends of mine in the shop, thought it'd be a good idea to do some cartoons. And put them in the staff room, which okay. is which is what I did. You know, uh, they, they were they were sort of represented some of the members of the staff and all yeah. that. But I used to do cartoons. I used to love it. It, it was great fun. From then onwards, you know, I, I kind of developed a liking again for art. Mm. And of course, uh, from my kids used to come home and say, "Dad, you know, can you draw me a dinosaur or can <laughs> you draw me this?" And I, yeah, so I do. In fact, I remember my eldest son. He, uh, not, uh, you know, Justin, Steve, uh, your brother. I know him, yeah. You do know him well. Uh, <laughs> well, he, 
He came home one day and he said, my teacher said, as you're good at drawing, can you draw her a dinosaur? So <laughs> I did actually draw it. I loved doing it. And uh, she put it up, up in the classroom. and uh, Put your artwork in artwork, their classroom. Yeah, so, well, I suppose that's where it all began, really. <laughs> <laughs> so do you know what I mean? But I never, again, I, I didn't think it was ever going to uh, happen until, that is, a friend of mine, we were having a discussion one day, and he let on that he did these bone china animals, these bone china birds. I was fascinated. I said, well, goodness me, I'd love to see that. He said, well, I tell you what, why don't you come along? Uh, he lived uh, in a little cottage in the country, and he had a sort of a, um, a studio that backed onto it at the back. And he said, come along, and I'll show you how, how to do that, how I do it. Uh, so I went along, but of course uh, that'll have to be for next week, Steve. <laughs> oh, <laughs> leaving them on a knife edge, eh? No, well, how do you get from bone china birds to painting? Well, I, I'll explain it to you next week. Let's move on to another thing I've got on my list here, mm -hmm. which is a system that you devised. I want to talk about this because it's something that you devised off the back of a very old technique. Mm -hmm. And it's something that you, you, you push, we push through the store, um, which is the square drawing system. Yes. So for anyone out there that doesn't know what the square drawing system is right. that you've you devised and it's been successful amongst a lot of your students. Yep. A lot of people have this system. Tell anyone out there who doesn't know, what, what is the square drawing system? Well, it's, it's a series of transparent grids. There's an inch grid and there's a half-inch grid and there's a, a very small one, which is a quarter-inch grid. Each one superimposes on the other one mm. when needed. But you actually really only need the inch grid when you're starting off. Mm. Uh, that's put on top of a reference photograph and then what you do is you have a paper grid that is, for argument's sake, that's also got one inch squares in. It makes it easier to understand this. So then you draw on the paper grid what you see through your transparent grid, which is on the reference picture. I mean, you've got a picture of this, your reference picture. Say it was a cat that you're, you're, you're drawing. You put your transparent grid on top of the reference picture, fix it on there with a little bit of tape maybe, so it doesn't move. And then you have a separate paper grid with squares on it, mm. you know, one inch squares. If you wanted to make it a little smaller or a little bigger, then you change the size of those grids. Mm. Obviously the grid on the animal, the reference grid, the transparent grid stays constant. But the grid, if you wanted to, say you wanted to have it twice as big, then instead of a one inch grid, you'd have a two inch paper grid. So, you know what I mean? so, your, so your, your grid, the paper grid can vary. Mm. So this is a solution because we get a lot of people say, do I have to draw this freehand? Absolutely, or do I have yeah. to, you know, do I have to do this? You know, they mm. get a pack, or, you know, mm. they get a line drawing and, you know, or anyone there that's not sure what they're going to get in packs and things like that. They think that they're going to have to draw it freehand. So yeah. this is a way of allowing people to draw their yes. subjects that they want to, to draw without mm. having to freehand draw. Well, in a way, you could say you are freehand, you're freehand drawing, but you're only drawing in small areas, yeah. you know, one bit at a time. Mm. And then it, it makes the hole up in the end. It's an easier way of understanding how it's put, structured, really. And would you say... And it's worked very, it's very successful. And would you say that the square drawing system can also teach you oh, how absolutely. to free draw? So Absolutely. You know, the more you use with the square drawing, yes. actually, 
you can mm. event one day if you become yeah. pro proficient enough at it you can yes even though although having said that steve i still use a square drawing when i'm doing animals really yeah because it's it's critical if mm. you don't get the animals right if you get you know, you get a, a, an eye on a cat and you make it a bit big, it looks very weird. Yeah. Or you get a nose of a dog and it's twisted round a little bit, you know, and you get it all wrong. It looks very weird. Now, no matter how good you are at painting, it's still going to look weird at the end of the day. Mm. So the, the actual structured drawing to start with is quite important. Mm. It only needs to be a line drawing to start with because you, once you've got those outer edges then you can paint or draw mm. within those edges and create a very good impression of whatever you're going to draw. Okay. Works well. The next thing we're going to move on to is some listeners' questions. So I have a couple of emails here, and Dad, you're hopefully going to answer these questions for us. Mm -hmm. The first one we've got is from Christine in the UK, and she's asked, would you ever show us how to do a leopard as the area where the spots are quite difficult, and will you ever do another gorilla? So the first question is... Will you ever show us how to do a leopard as the area where the spots are quite difficult? Yeah, I agree with Christine. They're, they are tricky. But this is something that really has to be seen. So what you need to do is to look through YouTube. Leopard spots are similar to tiger stripes. The same principle applies. So look at all the YouTube clips because I'm sure... In fact, you know, I'm sure we have put a leopard spots on the member site. I'm sure we have. Okay. So go through that and you'll find it. Great. So the second question is, uh, will you ever do another gorilla? I'd really enjoy doing the gorilla. And the, uh, and the answer to that is, it's possible I might do. Well, I've got a lot of, a lot of different subjects, mm. uh, but we've got to get through those first. But yeah, I don't, I don't dismiss it. Possible in the future. Yep. Okay. Thanks, Christine, for that. The next question we've got is from Diane, who's in the UK. She says, uh, a friend of mine has a chocolate Labrador and has asked me to do a pastel painting of her. She sat and tried different combinations of pencil colours to no avail. She asks, how do I go about choosing the right colours and bases? I would like to present her with a good quality and likeness of a dog. So how does she choose the right colours and the bases for right. a chocolate Labrador? Right. Well, I can, I can give you a series of colours. First of all, you start always start with the grey. If anything you're doing brown, especially on animals, you start with grey, usually. If it's a very light animal, you know, say like a, a very light fawny colour, then you'd start with the ivory. Mm. But generally speaking, if you're looking for a darker animal, you start with grey. So chocolate, definitely grey. Uh, let me give you a series of colours, possibly 273 grey, which is the uh, mid-grey, mid-tone grey. And then on top of that, you maybe use 179 or, or 180. And then on top of that, you'd use 177 on top of that. And this is the important colour, folks, 283. Now, 283 burnt sienna is, I wouldn't say it's chocolate, but it's got a reddy colour. And that will turn all those other colours you put on slightly chocolatey in colour. Mm. Then on top of that, you know, a little bit of either 175 or 199. And on top of that, you then go back to your 177 and a bit more 283. Now, I know that sounds very complicated, but it's in, I've nutshelled it, but that's the principle by which you mm -hmm. work it. You, I've also done uh, a chocolate Labrador's eye, which you're going to 
Excellent. On the we are going to put YouTube. on YouTube. And so that will be available in the next mm. few days as so, well. So that will help explain everything you've, yeah, you've just said as well. everything I've just said, you'll see me doing it. And it's worth worth noting that for anyone out there that doesn't know, when um, Dad mentions pencil numbers, you're referring to Faber-Castell. Faber-Castell yeah. And the reason I do that, Steve, is because all the manufacturers, their colour interpretations are different. So it's better for me to use colour numbers rather than colours. Okay, great. So the next question we have, it comes from Marie, who's in the US, and she's commented on one of our YouTube videos. And she asks, I was wondering what blending tools that you're using. One looks like some sort of rubber-ended tool. So right. that's a good question. Well, that's the number two uh, colour shaper. It's yep. got a little grey end to it, which is quite bendy. It's firm enough to do the job, mm. but not hard enough to, you know, to take anything off. Mm. Um, there are different ranges Not I need to go into, really. There, there are three different colours. There's a white, a grey and a black. The white's too soft for our kind of pastel, but is ideal for soft pastel. Mm. And the grey is usually is used for what we're using it for. The black is used for clay, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, you can use it for clay. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. the colour shaper. Yep. Number two colour shaper. They can buy that from the store? They can. Yeah. And you use it on most of your pictures, don't you? I think almost every picture. Yeah. 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 Okay, so the next question we have coming from our Facebook page, which you can like by going to facebook.com slash Colin1940. And it's from Zoe. And she asks, in your ebook, which we also sell on the store, you talk about midtones. And I'm not quite sure what midtones are. Right. And also, the second part to that question is, what do the stars after the numbers mean on the pencils? Right. In two interesting questions. Let's hit the first one first. Midtones. What are midtones? Oh, well, you've got light tones, midtones, and dark tones. And that really refers to the the overall shading of your picture. So you've either got light... Sh- if you look at it like this, light shading, medium shading, dark shading. Mm-hmm. And that can be a number of colours you can put together. You know, you could... If I say what darker tone, then I'm using, using the 177 brown, 181 Payne's grey, or 199 mm. uh, black. Those are dark tones. I can't give you an example of that because you'd have to have to read the book to find yeah. out how I'm referring to them. Yeah. I can't offhand remember, but if I say that, that's what I mean. Great. And the star numbers um, are very simply the light fastness of the pencil. If you see either one star, two stars, or three stars, yeah. I don't think there's a four star in Faber-Castell. We used to have it with Carbothella, but I don't think there is with Faber-Castell. It means the light fastness usually... Anything with a one star means that it would fade quicker than a four star. Right. Having said all that, folks, forget about it. It doesn't make any difference. I mean, it won't make any difference to you. But that, I think they're obliged to put it on. Yeah. That but is the light fastness of the colour. So, in all, ignore it. Completely ignore forget it. it. I, do, <laughs> I don't even refer to it and there's no need to it. But it's still a very good question. At least yeah, you understand. Yeah. It, it, it covers it because people are not sure mm. um, what they mean. Mm. That, that answers that. Absolutely. Okay, great. Some great questions in from from our listeners, and we've only just launched it. So if you've got a question that you want to send in to us, you can email us, email admin at colinbradleyart.co.uk, or you can comment on our Facebook page. We're also on Google Plus now. Uh, The links are on our Facebook page to that. So if you're on Google Plus and you want to follow us on there, you can. You can always tweet us. Our Twitter name is at colinbradleyart. So you can follow us on there and send in your questions and we'll talk about them. Okay, great. I think we'll call it a day there. So that's another one in the bag. Well done, Dad. 
Thanks, Steve. <laughs> Enjoyed it. Okay, so we'll see you next week. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy, Enjoy your week. week. Did that sound all right? Yeah, it was fine. Can I have a cup of tea now? Thank you.